Hi, this is Father Nathan Hale from Desert Mission Anglican Church in the Sunny Slope neighborhood of Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks so much for joining us for the podcast today. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. You can find out more about our church, participate in worship, and sign up to attend in-person services at desertmissionanglican.org. That's desertmissionanglican.org. No matter what, never forget that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's from 1 John 4, 9 through 10. And now here's the podcast. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, Lord, to come together to praise and to worship you. Father, we thank you for the gift of rain that you've given us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for those that are gathered here today. I thank you for those who are watching at home. And God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us this morning. God, I pray that your Spirit will be with me as I preach from your word, Lord. And now, Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, for you are our strength and you are our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. It's a joy to be with you today. If you have your... Bibles with you. I know there's a couple in the pews there in front. We're going to be in the gospel. We're going to be in the gospel of Mark this morning, the wonderful passage that Deacon Tim read for us. Um, And I'm sure if you've been in church a long time, you've heard that probably a lot, just to let you know. But as I was preparing for this message What I find out is the older I get is the more I change, but the gospel stays the same. Amen. It's never changing. I can look at it from 20 years ago and marks in my Bible, and things will pop out to me that are way different, but it's the same word. So we're going to be going through this passage this morning. And last week, if you had the opportunity to listen to Reverend Deacon Tim's sermon about life. It was so beautiful and moving. And I hope you have time to even go back and listen to it. It touched me. I haven't, I haven't heard those words in a very long time. So I was very blessed, Deacon Tim. Thank you. When he was preaching, there was a few words that stuck out, and one of them was repent. Repent. And that's a hard word for us in today's world to want to do to repent. In the early chapters of the Gospels, we track Jesus' early ministry, and as he goes about Galilee, he's preaching and teaching, and he's healing. And as sort of a subset of his healing ministry, Jesus is going to cast out demons. And interspersed among these accounts, Jesus is going to gather disciples unto himself. And so it is that today and for the next two weeks, 
We get such accounts of Jesus's early ministry from the first chapter of Mark. Today, we get a sample of Jesus's preaching and calling his disciples. Next week, we're going to see Jesus casting out an unclean spirit. Two weeks from today, we're going to see Jesus healing physical elements. And through these readings, we gain insight and faith for what it all means for us. Today, when we hear Jesus speak to us saying in the very opening part of the scripture that was read in verse 14, repent, believe, and follow. It's a pretty simple formula, right? A squared plus B squared equals C. Okay, sorry. I don't like math, but I remember that from my high school days many years ago. So today, that's what we're going to be walking through. First, repent and believe. Repent and believe. That's a summary of Jesus's preaching. And then follow. That's Jesus's call to discipleship. So repent, believe, and follow. Three imperatives, three commands from the lips of Jesus. Repent, believe, and follow. Three words that lead to forgiveness, faith, and purpose in life for every one of us. So let's start with Jesus' preaching. We read, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The preaching, the proclamation of the gospel, it begins with an announcement. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So what does Jesus mean by these two statements? The time is fulfilled. That is to say, everything that has been leading up to this moment and preparing for this moment has now come to pass. All of Israel's history, all of human history has reached the point God had in mind. The prophecies foretelling what the Lord would do. Those prophecies have now reached the point of fulfillment. This is the moment the world has been waiting for. Indeed, this is the moment the Lord has been waiting for and working toward. It is now here in the coming of the Christ. And all of that is packed into Jesus' words, the time is fulfilled. Think of what St. Paul says in Galatians, when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth his son. And this moment was the fullness of time. This was just the right moment for Jesus to come onto the scene. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So now we look at the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? This is God's gracious rule and reign among men. It is God's end time kingdom of grace and blessing. Jesus is the king who ushers it in. That's why Jesus can say this kingdom is at hand. It is right here among you. And the kingdom arrives with the presence of Jesus. And that's how it works. 
The Lord had promised this end time kingdom and the prophecies of the Old Testament. And you're familiar with many of them. If you want to look at one today, it's Jeremiah 23. The passage is the branch of righteousness. All throughout the scripture, we see that Jesus, the Messiah, will be the Savior. And everything points to Jesus. The arrival of this kingdom would mark a time of marvelance, abundance, and blessing. And especially in a couple seafaring men, it would change their lives. It's going to shift the ages. God would visit his people to bless them and to redeem them. The Lord coming in the end time to act in salvation and in judgment, that is all wrapped up in Jesus' announcement. The kingdom of God is at hand. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So now what? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for our lives? What is Jesus' message to us in view of these things? And it is this. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe. The two go together like a hand in glove. You don't have one without the other. When Jesus calls us to repent, he also calls us to believe. And Jesus calls us to believe in the gospel so that repentance doesn't leave us desolate and in despair. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is Jesus saying to us when he says repent? And you're very familiar with this. He's saying turn from our sins. Turn away from them in sorrow and contrition. Change our mind. Change our way of thinking. And especially change from the world's way of thinking and from selfish desires of our flesh, which is turned in on itself. We know that we look in and we recognize how we have broken God's commandments, how we have not loved God with our whole heart, how we have not loved our neighbor as ourself. That's what sin is. That's what being a sinner is. We own it. We confess it. And we don't rationalize it or excuse our sins. We don't compare ourselves to other people and say, well, they're bad than we are. We don't do those things. We have to look in the mirror. See how we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and what we have done wrong and what we have failed to do right. Have you heard those words before? Every Sunday. Admit we are a sinner, lost without God's mercy and forgiveness, having no righteousness in ourselves that we would avail before God. Recognize our need and our powerlessness before God's righteous throne of judgment. The wages of sin is death. All that, yes, and it's packed into this one word of Jesus, repent. Do we hear this call to repent? Jesus is speaking to us today. But thank God, Jesus has another word to speak to us today. And it's this, believe in the gospel. And we know the gospel is the good news. When I was in seminary, one of my favorite professors, his name was Dr. Fred Shea, he said, you know the gospel, it's the greatest story ever told and nobody tells it. And that's kind of true. And that always stuck with me. How sad is that, that we don't share the good news, the glad tidings of God's undeserved favor towards sinners like us. And this is something to rejoice over, that God does not have only words of judgment to speak to us, 
but that he also speaks words of salvation and grace, words of comfort and compassion. But this gospel is not just some vague pronouncement of everything's okay, right? God's a nice guy. He won't hold your bad stuff against you. See, it goes much deeper than that. It has more specific content than that. The gospel of God's grace and forgiveness comes to us absolutely free. And at the same time, it came with great cost. For Jesus Christ is the heart and center of this gospel. His person, his work, the person and work of Christ is the specific content of this good news. Who Jesus is and what he has done, this is what makes the gospel good news. This man, Jesus, who's going about Galilee, preaching and teaching and healing, he is the very son of God come in the flesh. Come down to earth to bring salvation to the lost sinners. True God and true man. He is our brother, our savior. And as our brother, he fulfills the law on our behalf and he's always doing the right thing. And that was the way man was meant to be. And Jesus is our substitute also in taking the punishment that the law requires for sinners. And even though he had no sins, Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross. He shed his holy blood for our forgiveness and our cleansing. And because he is the holy son of God doing these things, his sacrifice is sufficient for all of us, for everyone everywhere. Christ's righteousness is enough to cover the entire world. God pronounces us righteous for his sake. And the best thing of all, it's a free gift. This gift then is received through faith. That's why Jesus says, believe in the gospel. And to believe biblically speaking is not just to know about something in our head with no connection to life. Rather, to believe is to trust, to entrust ourselves to the gospel of Christ to know in our heart that this is our only hope of righteousness before God. Believe in the gospel, that is to say, trust in Christ our Savior. Take refuge in him. He will save us. He will save us from our sins. He will save us from death and eternal damnation. He will save us by the power of his resurrection unto eternal life so that we will share his resurrection on the last day. This is the content of our faith. And this faith is worked in us by the Holy Spirit, creating faith and nurturing faith through the means of grace, word, and sacrament. The fact that we trust in Christ, our Savior, this is itself a gift from God. And the Holy Spirit gave us the gift of faith, believe it or not, in holy baptism. And he continues to strengthen our faith as we receive Christ's body and blood in the Holy Supper. And yes, God's mighty word creates and awakens the very faith it calls for. Repent and believe in the gospel. And now one more word that Jesus has to say to us today is following in our passages, follow me. Follow me. This is the word that Jesus spoke to those fishermen way back when, calling them to be disciples. To be a disciple of Jesus is to follow him in faith and to learn from him. It is a learning that is personal and practical. It is to grow in wisdom and in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
It is to learn what it means to be a Christian, which is a follower of Christ in our daily life. The call of Jesus to come and follow him may mean a change in your vocation as it did for these fishermen. At the very least, it is the transforming of your vocation to see yourself as Christ's person in every aspect of your life, as a member of the church, as a member of society, as a member of your family, as a member to your spouse, your husband, wife, your parents, your children. You see, in the scripture, when God says, love your neighbor as yourself, your neighbor is also the same people in your household. It's just not the people across the street. It's within your own family. And that's hard to take. (laughs) This includes your job, your workplace. How about your life as a student? In all spheres of your life, Jesus is calling us to learn the life of love. Love for one another, love for your neighbor, forgiving one another when someone has wronged you, taking the initiative to seek reconciliation where relationships have been strained. This is the living out of witness, mercy, and life together in Christ. And all of this is packed into the words of Jesus when he says, follow me. Who would have thought all that in those little words? So my dear friends, Jesus comes to us today. He comes here to us in this place. He's proclaiming the gospel of God and he's saying this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As an Anglican, I love Archbishop Thomas Cramer. Yes, he's dead and gone. However, his favorite Psalm was Psalm 95. And there was a few words in there and it says this, Hear his voice and heed his call. In other words, if you are hearing God's voice, heed his call. I think that's what makes us unique as Christians because it starts with the individual. In other words, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And then it works its way out, meaning you go tell your testimony to someone else and then someone else. And then they call two friends and then they call two friends and then they call... No, you don't remember that movie, Wayne's World 2? Okay, just me. But that's how it starts. And that's how we change the world. Many years ago, I heard a man named Bishop Chuck Murphy speak. He's passed away now. He was part of a mission called the Anglican Mission in Americas. We were part of that group for many, many years. Before he passed, he said some things that always resonated with me. And he says, we are on the cusp of a reformation. Because every 500 years, there's a reformation. I can look back to almost a year ago when the world went crazy. A pandemic. Things we don't know. Things we still don't know. And through the whole time, God has still been faithful through his people, even though none of us probably believe politically at all in this room. You can get four pastors in a room and there's 11 different opinions on how politics should be. But I'm not going to preach politics to you this morning because I'm going to preach the words of Jesus Christ because that's what we are called to do. I don't care who sits in the White House, on what side of the fence, it doesn't matter. The king of the world is our savior, Jesus Christ. 
We've watched the world burn and be destroyed by evil. By evil. And that's what we're fighting against. The Bible says we're fighting against the principalities of the air. That's evil. I've seen friendships destroyed in the past year. And it breaks my heart. Because they put their faith in some sort of big government that thinks it's going to save them. And it's not. I didn't get to being upset this morning, but it hurts. Because it hurts. Because I love them. Because through it all, I know that they love Jesus Christ. That's why we're going to have to continue to work on what these words say. Repent, believe, and follow me. It's about following Jesus. And through that, yes, there are times we have to reconcile with each other as much as that is hard. So I'm going to leave that to you today. If you hear his voice, heed his call. Jesus comes to us today, to our Galilee, to our fishing boats, right? And he's summoning us to new life and adventure, and he has for all of us. He is not done with us. And he speaks these powerful words of life. Follow me. Follow me. Amen. Amen. Amen.